0: Well, good morning, everybody. As, uh, as Bernard indicated at the beginning of the service, we're, we're continuing a series that we started before Christmas. Uh, we took a break for the Christmas period, and uh, we were looking at uh, the fruit of the Spirit, and we're looking at this idea of Christian character and how the Holy Spirit produces Christian character in us. And in Paul's letter to the Galatians, he writes these words. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. When we give our lives over to Jesus and choose to accept him and follow him, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to transform us to be like Jesus and to take on his character. All of the fruit of the Spirit, all of those nine characteristics, are found in Jesus. And it's God's desire that those characteristics should also be found in our lives too. Oh, I think I've gone too we need to remind ourselves that this fruit is singular. And what I mean by that is that all nine of those characteristics are to be found within us. It's not a case of pick and mix. It's not a case of, well, I think I can be all right at goodness, or I think I can be all right at love, but actually I'm not very patient, so I'm going to discard that one and concentrate on the others. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. What God wants to produce in us is all nine of those characteristics. In John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. We produce the fruit of the Spirit by being connected to Jesus. If the branch is not connected to the vine, it produces nothing. But connected to Jesus and with his spirit at work in our lives on a daily basis, that fruit will be produced and grow. I think we can get frustrated sometimes that we're not bearing some of these characteristics. And I'm guessing for maybe for for many of us, patience can be a, a bit of a struggle sometimes. Well, let me encourage you. You don't plant a tree one day and the next day it produces fully formed fruit. It takes time. Over a period of months and years, it slowly develops, and so will these characteristics in us. But we must stay connected to the source. We must have our lives daily transformed by the Holy Spirit who will produce that fruit in us. So leading up to, to uh, Advent, as we started this series, we looked at love, joy, peace, patience, kindness and goodness. And today we are looking at faithfulness. And I asked a number of people for words and phrases that they associated with faithfulness. And these are what some of the things I got back. Doing what's right and doing it all the time. Keeping promises Being reliable, being honest, being committed, trustworthy. Doing what you say you are going to do. Now most of you know uh, what I do for a job. Um, On the 2nd of July 1989, I stood at the Metropolitan Police Training School uh, in Hendon. And I had to take an oath. And the oath that I took was this. I do solemnly and sincerely declare and affirm that I will well and truly serve the Queen in the office of Constable, without favour or affection, malice or ill-will, and that I will, to the best of my power, cause the peace to be kept and preserved and prevent all offences against people and property, and that while I continue to hold the said office, I, would do, I will, to the best of my skill and knowledge, discharge all the duties thereof faithfully according to law. That was a promise that I took 29 and a half years ago and I hope that I've faithfully kept that promise um, over that time and uh, I hope that for the next six months until I get to the end of my career, I will faithfully keep that promise as well. You know, sadly, uh, we live in a world of disloyalty and where commitment and faithfulness are not always important to people. Only in the news this week we've seen the relationship breakdown of the richest man in the world. Player may be seen of of the football season where one player may be seen to be kissing a badge of their football team, of loyalty to that football team, and yet when a new multi-million pound deal comes along, um, they find themselves quickly being transferred and uh, seeking to play for somebody else, and no doubt kissing the badge of that team as well. This is Brahim Diaz, he uh, was playing for Manchester City up till a few weeks ago when Real Madrid came in uh, with a, a, a nice little offer for him. And uh, he said on joining them, This is the only football club I've ever wanted to play for. That went down really well with his old uh, Manchester City uh, manager and he said, I only want players who really want to play uh, for this team. Faithfulness is something this world really needs and we are called to be people of faithfulness. It's a characteristic that is to be present in us. It is a fruit of the spirit at work within us. And I want to look this morning at faithfulness in two ways. I want to look at the fact that God is faithful. And I want to look at God's model of faithfulness. And then I want to look at how we can be faithful in the light of God's faithfulness. If we want to learn about faithfulness, we need to look to the one who is supremely faithful Lovely, thank you. Um, if you want to learn anything in life, you need to learn it from someone who has proven themselves over and over by example. I like to bake bread. And so my go-to person when I, when I need um, to bake bread is Paul Hollywood. I see him as the expert in the field and I, and I, and I look to him. If I've got a question about music, I go to Sal because her knowledge of music is way and above anything mine will ever be. If my computer breaks down at work, I have a very helpful group of people on the end of a phone who will fix it for me. I don't try and fix it myself, because I don't know what I'm doing. But within minutes, often my my problem is, is sorted. And God is the ultimate example of faithfulness. And it is from him that we will learn what true faithfulness looks like. In the Old Testament, the word faithful or faithfulness is used at least 95 times. And in the New Testament, another 47 times. And it's a recurring theme because um, it is a key attribute of God, one he desires to see replicated in us. God is faithful. His word is true. He cannot lie, and neither can he break a promise. Every covenant he has made, he has kept, and every promise still to be fulfilled will come true. Testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness is found in this book. We've sung about it, we've heard Andy testify to it, and many, many of us have our own stories of God's faithfulness. I've picked out just three verses of God's faithfulness uh, uh, throughout the Bible. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Psalm 145, verse 13, The Lord is faithful to all his promises. And then 2 Timothy 2, 13, Even if we are faithless... He remains faithful, true to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. God is faithful. He is unchanging. One of the first accounts of God's faithfulness faithfulness we come across in the Bible is in the story of Noah. The world is full of wickedness and evil. Man has turned away from God. And God is so grieved that he decides to wipe out mankind with a flood. But there is one, Noah, who is righteous and blameless. And God tells him what he is going to do. But he also tells him to build an ark, because his promise to him is that he's going to save him and his family. Noah does what he's told, and God is as good as his word. The flood comes as promised. Noah and his family are saved. And then God makes a covenant with Noah that never again will he flood the earth and destroy it. And he says the sign of the covenant will be the rainbow. And God has been faithful to his word of never destroying the earth again. And the accounts of God's faithfulness keep pouring out of the Bible, one after the other. To Abraham, who was promised he'd be the father of many, uh, many people. To Moses, who God said, you're going to lead my people, Israel, and I am going to be with you. To Joshua, to Elijah, to Gideon, who defeated an army with just 300 men. But surely the greatest act of God's faithfulness has to be that he promised us a saviour. The world had turned against him and God cannot destroy man again because he's promised not to. But instead, he promises and sends a saviour, Jesus, his own son. And Jesus is faithful to his mission. He knew what was required of him. He teaches the truth and he shows people God's ways, but the people of his day turn against him and put him to death. But it is through his death that we have life. Because Jesus' death brings forgiveness and reconciliation between us and God. God is faithful in his love to us. He faithfully gives us the greatest gift we could ever have. He faithfully allows Jesus to die. He faithfully forgives all our wrongdoing. He faithfully accepts us into his family and faithfully promises that one day we will spend eternity with him in heaven. Stop for a moment and think, if God was not faithful, where would we be? What hope would we have? God is unchanging. He is true to every promise he makes. God is who he says he is, does what he says he will do, And he always finishes what he starts. This is what God's faithfulness looks like. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, we have a seed within us of all that God is. And it is his desire that that seed should grow and bear fruit that we might imitate his faithfulness. So let's now look at how... Our faithfulness should look in the light of the faithfulness of God. Our own faithfulness will never reach the perfection of God's. But as we yield ourselves to His Holy Spirit in us, our faithfulness grows. The key to faithfulness is knowing what is right and true and sticking to it no matter what, no matter the challenges the temptations, or even the offers of something seemingly better. And I want to suggest a few uh, areas in which we need to grow in faithfulness. And the first one is this, faithful, becoming faithful in knowing Jesus. We've just had a week of prayer, and in it we've been looking at a few verses in Philippians chapter 3. And just before the passage that we've been concentrating on in our week of prayer, we find a declaration by Paul, who writes these words. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. That is a bold declaration But like Paul, it's the greatest thing that we can aspire to. To know Christ. Not just know about him, but to really, really know him. And it's something we need to set our hearts to faithfully. And Paul, in other places, gives us some illustrations and some advice on on this pursuit of knowing Christ. In Philippians 2, just a few verses earlier, he tells the Philippian church to work out your salvation. And the imagery here of working out your salvation is one that comes from working in a gold mine. And the gold mine is is, is full of, 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 of treasure. And there's so much to be got out of it. And our salvation is full of treasure and so much of it is undiscovered. Uh, within us so far and we mustn't just sit comfortably but rather we must faithfully dig away so that we can know Christ and all that he has for us in 1 Corinthians Paul talks about uh, being in a race and he says in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize run to get the prize Michael Johnson, uh, a multi-gold uh, medalist in uh, the Olympics and in, in world athletics, he, uh, quoted, he came up with this quote, which I read just yesterday. He said, They don't give you gold medals for beating somebody. They give you gold medals for beating everybody. It's really important here to note that when Paul has this image of a race and being the, you know, being the one who runs to get the prize... It doesn't mean we're in competition with each other as to who can get to know Jesus best. Rather, that we need to have an attitude that faithfully pursues knowing him with everything that we are. When Paul said he wanted to know Christ, he was under no illusions that it was going to be easy. He knew that he would suffer in his pursuit of knowing Jesus, but it was worth it. Paul was faithful in his desire to know Jesus, and we should be too. But we have to be aware that difficulties and struggles and sufferings will come our way. And that's where our faithfulness faces a test, and where we need to look to God's example and be uncompromising and finish what has been started. We must remember that the fruit of faithfulness grows in us as we are connected to the life-giving source of the Holy Spirit. It is not in our strength that our faithfulness grows. However, in order to stay connected to the source, we need to be faithful in God's word. And that is the second thing I want to have a look at this morning. If we're serious in our faithfulness of knowing Jesus Christ, then one of the ways that happens is being faithful in God's word. Psalm one is um, a short psalm, just just six verses, and it's, a, it's split directly in two, and it's a psalm of faithlessness and, and of faithfulness. And the first three verses uh, give us a, a, a great indication of what it means to be faithful. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does uh, and whose leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers We know God by reading and meditating on His Word, by thinking about it, by letting it take root in us. And as it does so, it changes us and shapes our character into that of Jesus. This psalm provide, uh, promises us that as we read and meditate on the Word of God, we'll be like a tree planted by a stream, yielding fruit. Faithfulness in reading God's word can be a challenge, and also something we make we can, and also something we make excuses not to do. But it is so rewarding. Over the number of years that I've been uh, a Christian, I've struggled to find a, a real continuous time of giving, um, finding time to read God's word. Uh, I can, I can make excuses. I can blame it on shift work. I can blame it on all sorts of things of not being able to find uh, a regular time. And a couple of years ago, I decided that enough was enough. I found time to do everything else that I wanted to do. And first thing in the morning, I'd often get up. You'll find me at half past six down at the gym. And, uh, I'm, and, and that's where my day often started. And I decided that something had to change because I had such a desire to know Jesus more and I knew that that to to know Jesus more I needed to get into his word more. So I made a pact with myself and I promised God that I wouldn't leave my house in the morning until I had spent time with him. And what that meant was I had to get up another half an hour earlier than I was already getting up. So uh, much to Sal's annoyance, my alarm now goes off at quarter to five every morning so that I can spend time with God. And I don't always still get it right. There are still times when I, when I miss it. But actually, when I miss it, I really miss it. And I can't tell you how much it's been a blessing to me, how much it's transformed my life. And I urge you, if you aren't already, get faithful in the word of God. You won't be disappointed. The next thing I want to talk about is being faithful in prayer because closely linked to being faithful in God's word is being faithful in prayer we've just had a week of prayer and it's been been a huge blessing and it's something that should be a springboard a catalyst for us to pray all the more even more so as a church together however much like reading God's word we can often find reasons or challenges not to pray and I got thinking about Daniel in the Old Testament. He was a faithful man of prayer. But because of his faithfulness in prayer, he, got, um, he was threatened with being thrown to the lions if he, didn't, if he didn't stop praying and if he didn't bow down to the king of the day. But Daniel is faithful to God and continues to pray all the same. Sure enough, he gets his comeuppance and he's thrown to the lions. But God is faithful and Daniel is unharmed. If Daniel could be faithful in praying when faced with such a challenge, there shouldn't be anything that stops you and I. (coughs) One of the things I think that sometimes gets in the way of us being faithful in prayer is we we don't feel like we're getting the answers that we're praying for, and it's easy uh, to give up. Around about 15 years ago, um, Sally and me were at Spring Harvest, and, and a woman was, um, was, was speaking on, on a similar type of subject. And uh, all of a sudden, she produced a, um, a hammer and a bottle and, uh, uh, up on the stage. And she said, um, I went to the dentist, she said, one day, because I'd broken a tooth. She said, and I didn't understand why, I'd broken this too. She said, I was only chewing on the tiniest piece of bread. And um, she said to the dentist, I don't understand. I was chewing on this tiny piece of bread and suddenly my tooth broke. And the dentist said to her, he said, you have suffered something called invisible impact. And she said, can you tell me more? And she said, Do you know what? She said, over all the times that we eat, our teeth are suffering something called invisible impact. There's the tiniest little bit of impact against our teeth every time we eat something, apparently. And um, she and she said, and then at one point she said, something so small can have quite a big impact and break your tooth. <coughs> and then she stood on the stage with this hammer and this <coughs> bottle, and she started doing this. Every time you pray, your prayers have an invisible impact. And she stood there for ages just talking about the effect of our prayers and how they have an invisible impact. And she said, sometimes we're, we're tempted to give up. She said, but you need to keep praying. She said, because when you pray, it has an invisible impact. Keep on praying. Keep on praying for that unsaved person in your family. Keep on praying for that medical condition, for healing, because you're having an invisible impact as you pray. And she kept going and she kept going. And she said, and one day there's going to be breakthrough. Just when you're not expecting it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to disappoint. (laughs) I found that illustration really, really helpful for me. And I hope that For you, if you're struggling in in a situation or you're just trying to get a hold of being faithful in prayer again, that you just take a hold of I remember that 15, 16 years on, and it's had a real impact on me. The outworking of faithfulness in prayer and in God's word will lead to a deeper level of faithfulness in knowing Jesus. And the result of knowing Jesus more deeply will be a desire to make him known to others. And isn't that our church motto? To know Jesus and to make him known. And so finally, I just want to talk about faithfulness in relationships. It's about that making known. The characteristic of faithfulness, I think, is an incredible witness to those we encounter every day, whether it be to our friends, our work colleagues or our family. The fruit of faithfulness Along with all of the other fruit of the Spirit traits, uh, sorry, along with all of the other fruits of the Spirit, rub off on others and can draw people to Jesus. When we're on time for work, when we're faithful in our work, and when we don't slip off early, it gets noticed. Paul says, whatever you do, do it for the Lord. To be faithful in our work means to be loyal and true and to keep on being that way even if no one else is. When we're faithful to friends, that doesn't go unnoticed either. If you have a date with a friend in your diary and you get a better offer, be faithful because your faithfulness reveals your character and your character will reveal Christ. Be faithful to your family, to your wife or husband, your boyfriend or girlfriend, but also to your parents and to your children. I remember when the two were were much younger and I used to use this phrase all the time. They'd ask me something. They'd say, Dad, and my answer would be, in a minute. I'd do it in a minute. Yeah, be with you in a minute. And I remember one day, that I, I can't remember if it was Annie or Oliver, had been calling me and asking me to come and do something. I said, yeah, in a minute, just washing up. And then got another call. Dad, are you ready yet? No, in a minute, just washing the car. And, and this, this went on. In a minute, in a minute, in a minute. And then at some point, I must have gone up to him and said, right, I'm ready now. And he went, I don't need you now. And... It, it kind of really impacted me and I thought, you know, I haven't been faithful in doing what I said I was going to do. My a minute should have been in a minute. I should have left what I was going to do or been honest and said five minutes. But I should have, been on, should have been faithful to what I was saying to them. And when I think about that, I wonder how many times I've said to God in a minute. Because other things were more important or seemed more important. My prayer is that together we will see the fruit of faithfulness in our lives. Let's look to God's unfailing example. Let's be faithful in wanting to know Jesus. Let's be faithful in his word, (coughs) faithful in prayer, and faithful to each other. And may God get all the glory. Amen.